are listening to Fast Track Podcast, the place to be to fast track your personal finance or fast track your business or both. Through a series of conversations with those who have learned it, done it, and made it. Today, I have Arling with me. Arling is only 27 years old, but he's already co-founder of Phalanx Strategy Group. It's a consulting company operating in the USA and Kosovo, and this company already become the leader in forex training and investment in Kosovo, and his business is still growing. Nowadays, he's focused on developing agriculture solutions in Kosovo. The company is called Agrozona as his new venture. And today we talk about why he decided to reject his first job and fully dedicated into become an entrepreneur, and what are the lessons he has learned along the way. Let's hear the story of Arlind. Welcome to Fast Track Podcast, Arlind. Thank you for having me, Asi. It's a pleasure to be here. It's also my pleasure, and you are the very first guest that I have on this podcast from Kosovo. And I have very little knowledge about this country and this culture, but I'm so eager to hear more from your side, also your personal story that you have worked in other countries, North America, etc., and start your own company. So I'm ha- very happy to have you here. I hope you will find the stories interesting as well as your audience. Yeah, let me start with the basic question.、Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what do you do? Yeah, simple <laughs> intro. Yeah, yeah absolutely.、Uh, well, I am uh, Arlind. Uh, I am from Kosovo. I'm currently 27 years old, and I studied at RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. I actually have、uh, studied in multidisciplinary studies, so I have a first concentration in economics and statistics. My second concentration is in politics and public policy, and I actually have a minor in international relations. So I did a pretty good combination, so that I would have a broader knowledge and scope of how economics works and how everything is connected in terms of trade and economics and everything through the world. And、uh, yeah, that's pretty much about my education. I believe what's more interesting about me is the fact that I do have—I believe, at least I believe—I have that entrepreneurial spirit.、Uh, an interesting thing for me is that to this day, I have never accepted a paycheck, a salary since the beginning. Since I can remember myself, I always either worked as a freelance or did my own business. So、uh, that's the most unique thing for me. Actually, when I was studying in university, I was working with this international company、uh, here in Kosovo. I had internship, so I was kind of forced to work for someone because it was required by university. But at the end of the internship, of the, what was mandatory, I was offered a pretty good salary. Actually, it was three or four times. The average salary that was at the time in Kosovo, but I still did not accept it. I moved on to do my my own thing, my own business, and、uh, that's the most unique thing that I can think of, at least until now, about my personality and about my entrepreneurial spirit, if I can say so. Yeah, the way how you describe yourself—that's full of passion and confidence in your speech. I already feel that you are a very independent and very. A capable individual, but I would ask more about that later. So my first question, coming back to your study, is because I was born in China and I went to Singapore to study. Also at that time, I was applying for universities in the U.S. Back then, it was really not easy and not so straightforward compared to nowadays. So I wonder, were you were in high school or in your own country? How did you come up with this idea to study? In the U.S. and then how did it go? What's the process that you went through? 
Yeah, actually, it's pretty interesting because in my elementary and high school, I actually studied piano. So I was a piano player until one day during high school, I woke up and I realized, hey, this is not going to make me the money that I need, at least the money that I want, actually. And uh, because I always had that financial independency in my mind and being, uh, you know, fairly wealthy. So I just decided to drop the piano thing and actually pursue something completely different in, in university. I was lucky enough because RIT, which is based in New York, actually has an international campus here in Pristina, in my uh, in the capital city of Kosovo. So I went to the international campus here and I inquired for more details and about the programs and everything. And I ended up applying in the international campus over here for economics and the rest of the fields that I actually studied in. So I was accepted into it, although it was a bit challenging since I did not have any prior knowledge or stuff that I should have learned in high school. I was in music school, so I didn't know much about economics or the other fields. So I must say it was a bit of a challenge, but I managed to get in. And actually, first year I and a few years, I even had a scholarship. So that's kind of how I went about it. So it was between RIT New York and here, but it was a fairly good combination. I even went for a semester in Ljubljana in Slovenia. So I kind of went around, you know, gathering the greatest amount of knowledge that I could. Yeah, that was very interesting to be able to, I think for every student to have the opportunity to study in different country, not only you further your study, but also you gain more life experiences in different countries. Absolutely. Getting to see other cultures really develops you personally as well. Yeah. And I wonder which year you first time went to the US for the RIT study? If I'm not mistaken, it was in 2014 for a semester. At the end of 2013, I believe it was in Ljubljana. I'm sorry, I'm not quite certain of the years anymore because quite a bit of time has passed since I'm done with university. So, What's your first impression? Or is there any culture shock or something that you're not used to? Well, uh, honestly, no, because uh, in my first year when I started here, we have a lot of international students. So in, in terms of that culture and at least having a fairly general idea was very complete since I had, you know, a lot of contact with international people in my university over here. And even before I, I actually had the opportunity to uh, hang out with a lot of people from US, as I will mention later when I started, because one of the partners that I have in my company is actually a soldier that I used to hang out with when I was in high school. So yeah, it wasn't that much of a culture shock. But it, it was interesting. I can say it was interesting. <laughs> I remember the first time I was spending uh, three months working in the US because we learned in school, you say like, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? But then I realized that in the US, people say, how are you? As if they are just saying hello. They really yeah. do not They, they don't really expect an a, a response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They just expect to say, hey, fine, thanks, you know. Yeah, that was uh, funny to me. I don't know if you learned this, like the old English in our textbook, we learned like, a, how do you do? Like nowadays, yeah. nobody <laughs> say that. Yeah, I think it's more of, I guess, a British English with some grammatical rules or something. I, I'm not certain, though, about, about that. And then uh, after graduation, you didn't accept a full-time job. What did you do then? Yeah, absolutely not. I didn't accept and I hope I will never actually come to the position where I will have to, to take a, a job and expect a paycheck month to month. As soon as I graduated, I was lucky enough because I was talking to my friend at the time, Tyler Van Landingham, who I know, as I said, 
since high school because he used to be in a peacekeeping mission here in Kosovo as a soldier, a U.S. soldier. He finished his mission here and he went back to U.S. And in the meantime, we started talking, you know, just casually as soon when I was actually finishing my studies. And he mentioned to me that he wants to open a company in the United States about political consulting and the fields that he was specialized in. And in the meantime, I was thinking of, hey, what could I do here? And while talking to him, I had this idea of, well, let's open a company in U.S., and in Kosovo, but with a clear goal of actually bringing the U.S. level of services, the U.S. standards, the U.S. quality in services in Kosovo as well. And that's how we came up with Falling Strategy Group, which is my the first company that I actually opened. It was opened in a few years ago, like three, four years ago. We kind of opened it simultaneously. It was initially registered in the U.S. and then we op- opened its branch here. Yeah, it, it grew pretty well, I, I must say. It kind of surprised me on how much we have been able to achieve with Phalanx until now. So that's kind of how it began Phalanx as a company. In Kosovo, we started with Forex, which is, you know, foreign exchange, the currency exchange internationally. And we've started doing trainings and some minor investment funds around Kosovo. And actually, what I'm really proud of is that currently Phalanx is the biggest company when it comes to Forex trainings and trading in Kosovo. It managed to become a leader. Another service that we offered was marketing, but I must say that didn't really go well in Kosovo, although with international clients, we were pretty pleased. Marketing is not generally appreciated over here. Yeah, it's very interesting because you started something like international studies and other stuff, and then now the business is about Forex. How did that happen? Well, the idea was to bring something unique, as I said. At the time, there was no company dealing with Forex. No one was doing anything of the source. There were, of course, individuals doing it at the individual scale, but not like a proper structured company to, to give you a program to learn it, to, you know, a clear investment path and all that. So in that exploration of the market of what is there that can be done uniquely in Kosovo, we found Forex. And I was actually quite passionate about Forex and stocks and investments since I was studying economics. And uh, yeah, we decided, hey, let's do this thing. You know, let's let's pay some attention to Forex because it's something that is going to be unique and its own thing in Kosovo. Mm-hmm. And then since the company back then, when you started till now, what would be the biggest challenge that you have overcome? Oh, a lot of them. To be honest, in Kosovo, the, um, the financial institutions, first of all, are, are not really supportive. So if you are looking to grow and develop further, for example, loans are completely unfavorable. You have to come up with your own investments. It's hard to find not well-educated, but a workforce and employees that are willing to go above and beyond about the company. And as I learned the hard way, I cannot expect an employee to work as passionately as I do for my own business. So a few mistakes and challenges that were along the way is um, things that I needed to learn as a young entrepreneur. You know, I had higher expectations than I should, for example, either in employees or in potential clients or in actual clients. Uh, I learned that a lot of things are not as they look on the first look. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to that. If you are working for your own company. uh, Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Yeah, it's definitely different. And especially if you, you are young, passionate, ambitious, you set high expectation for yourself, and then you cannot mirror the same expectation to your employees. And <laughs> yeah, your... definitely. I had yeah. employees who would come come at work looking at the time, you know, how long until I can leave. So that, that was sometimes a bit of a letdown. But yeah, I, I just had to face the fact that I'm going to have to work the hardest there and, you know, the longest hours and yeah. I cannot expect everyone to do the same thing. Yeah, let's let's come back to something touch on to the personal finance and then career planning this part. Because as a young graduate, you have this 
brave this courage to turn down a well-paid full-time job, it would be so easy, right? You just go to the office, do the work, come back home, receive the salary. Yeah, what absolutely. makes you feel、uh, you have the courage to, you know, just to reject it and then, you know, think what else you can do on your own? Like, is there any? Do you have any plan in the in between? There's a buffer, or what was the situation back then? Actually, no. When I rejected that job, I had absolutely nothing in my mind. I knew that I wanted to do something for my own self, you know, to start something. But it's not like I had some plan already waiting there to be implemented or a business to be started. So at the time when I rejected that, I didn't have anything lined up. But I just knew that I always had this thing in my mind: I will not accept the salary, and that's it. You know, since when I was in high school, I could have done some freelancing or some like that, but I never wanted an actual salary. In my mind, how it feels to me is like. You take that that paycheck, you're doomed. You're you're going to that system, you know, where you're <laughs> working salary after salary after salary, you know, just expecting the end of the month so you can fill those holes that you open during the month in your credit cards and everything. So that's why I always wanted to avoid it. Yeah, I think now we founded this company, right? And I really feel that having a full time job is the easiest thing to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If、there is this misconception that you are a business owner. You have your own business. Oh my God, you're done in life. You know, you're you're having the time of your life. Absolutely not. People who work paycheck to paycheck and have the time of their life because they literally have nothing to worry about. You go at the office at nine. You leave at five. You don't care about anything in between. Whereas、yeah. when, when you have your own company, you're you're drowning in everything. Yes, yes. Last time, I think literally last episode, I was interviewing. And then he also mentioned he was so stressed because he was running his own company, and then now he learned how to manage the work-life balance, which now we talk about because it's his own own company, and you have to put a stop, otherwise you're drowning in the yeah, in all yeah. the things. Yeah, absolutely. After you met this friend and started this company. How does this company grow? Is it because you mentioned you identified a unique, you know, opportunity in the market, or is there something else you did people can learn from it that you know to fuel、yeah. the growth of company? To me, the, I, I'm actually a big believer in、uh, paid, precise, accurate advertising, targeted advertising. As soon as we started, especially with the forex thing, because that was one of the th- first thing that we launched with the company with Phalanx. Although now we offer a broader range of services, but Forex was the main one. There were a few other companies that popped off and tried to do the same thing because they saw that we were, were having a pretty rapid growth in that, and、uh, it would have been a challenge to be honest. But what we did is that we invested heavily in、uh, in marketing, in paid ads, and let me tell you, for Kosovo at the time, it was like for a thousand impressions of an ad, it would be around. Down to fifteen cents, and we spent thousands in within three or four months to promote in in social media. So we dedicated a, a significant budget to promoting. But what we made sure of through that is that actually, if you said forex, immediately you would think phalanx, at least in Kosovo. So that's how we kind of pushed away all of the potential competition. And once we got that brand out, you know, people automatically associated phalanx with forex, and it was pretty easy, if if I may say so, from that point on. But、uh, yeah, that's why I actually believe so much in paid advertising because you can, you know, fine tune everything to to your needs. Yeah, and also if in your market is less competitive, you can literally occupy the space in the mind of people that、yeah. Alex is、uh, forex. And in competitive market, I think in、uh, London somewhere like. Singapore. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it would be a different story. Yeah, it would not yeah, be ten fifteen cents. 
Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, so yeah, we did have a few advantages, but we also focused on exploiting those advantages properly. Ultimately, it did work out in in our favor. We kind of became a monopoly on the field, so it, it wow. did work out in our favor. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And then now, next thing is the new、uh, company that you are founding, right? I think it's something related to agriculture. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Currently, actually, we're、um, with Phalanx. We are investing into two new companies. The first one is a platform that we are doing. The it's called Agrozona. It is、uh, specialized in agriculture sector in Kosovo because currently the agriculture sector in Kosovo is in one year it's estimated to be as a sector in worth of around one billion euros. But it it is completely decentralized. So, for example, let's say farmers in one city have no idea how much something is being sold in another city, and the buyers have no idea of the same thing as well. So it's kind of decentralized. And what we're doing is we are creating a platform where buyers, be it at scale or smaller buyers and farmers and agribusinesses, can actually come together, sell to each other. We're Providing different agreements that we have with agribusinesses, where farmers would have discounts, and we are also attempting to connect the government to have those. Each farmer would have, for example, a direct connection with the Department of Agriculture of their own municipality. So if they needed support or something, we are facilitating that communication and everything between farmers, businesses, and municipalities. It's a unique thing. It's it's one of its kind in, in Kosovo currently. So we believe it's going to turn out to be a monopoly, just like Falex.、Uh, <laughs> like Yeah, and is it something that you are starting with other founders, or is just your company invested in a startup?、Uh, no, with Agrozona, actually, we joined forces with、uh, another consulting company. It's called Biox, and it is the largest consulting company in Kosovo for agriculture. They are specialized in agriculture, so、uh, they actually had this idea, and we at Falanx had the technical expertise, let's say so, of to create such complex systems because we're working with large amounts of data. So they had the idea of the platform. We had the technical expertise, and we joined forces to develop this unique platform. Right, and then from starting the company, how many years now it's、um, your company till now? Actually,、uh, Agrozona is about to launch in September, first、uh-huh. or second of September. We just finished the platform literally the past week, and we're going to launch it. So let's see how it goes. But Phalanx has been、uh, active for now, I believe, four years. Okay, and how many employees do you have in Phalanx? Currently, due to Corona, I must admit we shrunk a bit. So currently, we are six or seven. But before Corona, considering contractors and everyone, we were around twenty people. Yeah, and also for a company from zero to one within three four years time was really amazing. And as you mentioned, it's、uh, the monopoly in this particular niche in your country. And do you have any other plans for a business in the future or for yourself? Because you mentioned earlier on, you had this aspiration not to have a paycheck but to accumulate, you know, more than. Salary yeah. wealth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Actually, today we just started working on another platform, which、uh, we are intending to launch for Kosovo and the other Balkan states in region. And we are also going to target Switzerland and Germany. It's basically a platform which digitalizes the invoicing and contracts, the signatures and the stamps and everything. It's to the point where you would issue an invoice electronically. The other side would have an approved account, and they would be able to just click on it. Sign it, and it would be fully valid and fully enforceable, even by a court. It would be the same as physically signing it. The thing is that, first of, obviously, we're going to launch it in Kosovo since we're a significant part of the company is based here. But we're going to continue developing it, and、um, 
actually launching it state by state around the region and gradually within EU as well. Uh, we believe it's a unique thing as well, since it removes a, a pretty significant burden, at least in those countries where uh, for invoice to be valid, it has to be signed and stamped and everything. For example, such as in Kosovo, where you would literally have to chase someone with an invoice or a contract to sign it and good luck catching them sometimes. This way, would you, you, know, you would just send it to their email. You tell them, hey, click there. It's signed. It's fully valid. And that's it. We believe it's a unique platform, one of its kind as well. So um, now we have to focus on developing it and making it safe to use and in compliance with the law. Okay, so I see that you are building a different business and different machines. And do you plan to like retire early or do you plan to imagine yourself as a CEO of a big corporate? So how do you envision yeah. yourself? Yeah, absolutely not about the retirement. Uh, I'm the type of guy who, if you would let me without some responsibility, with something to worry about, with something not being in my mind constantly, I would just completely go crazy. So I'm, I'm definitely not going to do that. My idea is to, because all of these other companies are like, daughter companies of Phalanx. So the idea is to, to have Phalanx and to diversify. And personally, at least from my experience until now, uh, one advice that I would give to any starting entrepreneur would be to diver diversify as much as possible. Definitely do not leave all of your eggs in one basket, as we say, because um, when you have multiple sources, no matter what happens to one industry or to one business at some point in time during a business cycle or economic recession, at least one of them or two of them are going to keep that you know cash flow the money running and it's going to keep you floating and it won't let you go under and in the best case scenarios when all of them pick up you're going to make a ton of money yeah same as a personal investment <laughs> yeah yeah just like with a portfolio in stocks for example or something like that yes correct my last question would be i wonder when you were younger uh, where did you get inspiration from that you know, okay, I'm not going to be employee, I'm going to make my own money, I'm going to make big bucks. You see, this is not an average thought of an average student or young student back then. So where did you get that inspiration from? Honestly, I'm not certain of where it actually came from. I just know that since I can remember at least during my high school years, I believe it came from the, the thing that even when I was playing in piano, Whenever I had to do some, some appearance or some concert or to give classes to someone, I would be paid for that particular thing. So it was kind of a freelancing style payment. I always thought of charging the maximum uh, that I could potentially charge uh, as much as you know, that service of mine would have value. And uh, when you get used to charging as much as you can and making more money than you see average salary being paid out, it kind of gives you that perspective of that mentality. It engraves it in your brain that, hey, I should not go for a simple salary, but there is much more to be done. And I was lucky to do this at an earlier age because I've been working six, since I was around 16 years old. I think it's right at that age where you actually start to develop more maturely. These things happened to me to the point that actually I became allergic to salaries, if I can say so. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are employee of your current company, but it's another thing, right? It's um... well, yeah, th that doesn't count. At, at the end yeah. of the day, I get paid in you know in dividends. I can pull out as much as I want, yeah, without drowning the company. And it's different because when I work in my company, for example, like with, with development of Agrozona since March until now, until the last week, I've been working from nine a.m. until two, three a.m. 
actually, it is different because you know you're doing it for your own company, for something that you're proud of and for something that is going to serve you and everything. So it's a different sensation. You don't feel even tired when you're working for for yourself, your own business. Yes. And I think on the other hand is sometimes you have to put a break. As an entrepreneur, it's so easy to cross the boundary because you're so passionate and it's your own stuff and you just keep working on it. But sometimes need a little... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Break. Actually, when we finished with the development of Agrozone, I took like four or five days of break. And that's when it hit me off actually how tired I am, how much I've been drowning myself in work. But still, it feels good. And I don't regret it for a second. I would do it all over again. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, do you have any last words for our audience? I, all I can say is, if you are thinking of doing something and if you're thinking if it's worth it i would tell them hey nothing worth doing is easy don't don't get scared of taking that leap obviously don't go with some without some uh, financial coverage without some backup that you know you can rely on if things go south but definitely do not be scared of a challenge look forward to it take it with as much sportivity as you can and um just go into it yeah and that's that, that's how you achieve the breakthrough right yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everything is going to work out the way you planned it. I'm, I'm sure you, even you know this, you probably had first-hand experience with this. But in the end, with the right commitment and dedication, everything is possible to be achieved. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Asi. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fast Track Podcast. Show me your support by liking this episode and sharing it with your friends. Join the Facebook group at Fast Track Podcast One, or you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, the homepage, FastTrack.life. See you in the next episode.